and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we've got kind of an interesting little <laughs> little movie movie special for you. We're talking about the Fast and the Furious movie franchise, as well as the horror comedy You Might Be the Killer. Yes. I'm very excited to tell you all about <laughs> this. <laughs> And I'm excited to hear about your movie, too. Okay. Well, you randomly, <laughs> okay. out of the blue, out of the blue, out of the blue, you started yeah. watching the Fast and Furious film franchise, which I think is kind of on brand for you, but also a little <laughs> a little left field. It's a little say. left field, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would agree. And you've never seen these before. Correct. Not anywhere. Not in the theater. You didn't camp out every time there's a new Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> not no. There with your- I feel like I missed 10 years of good cinema. 20 years, actually. <laughs> I've never seen any of these. Not okay. not even five minutes of one of them. I'm not like against them. I'm not like right. anti. I just, I like action movies, but probably not as much as you. Yeah. Yeah. So when I watch an action movie, the part of the movie that I get sleepy about is the action segments. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably... <laughs> You probably don't love action films. Well, I like I like ones that have really good deep plots as, okay. aside from the action. I love superhero yeah. movies and stuff. So it's not like a universe, but like usually big fight scenes and, and ch- car chases are sort of like, it's like a football game to me. Yeah. So no, I get yeah. that. Yeah. But tell me why I should maybe change my mind for these. <laughs> okay. This is going to be kind of conditional i guess okay because it depends on a lot of things okay but yeah so this came out of left field for me a little bit although not really because i went to see the dungeons and dragons movie in theaters twice Mm -hmm. and they played the trailer for fast x which came out a couple months later it's still out in theaters i believe and i was like that looks kind of fun because i only sort of really recently in the past five years or so decided or realized that I really do like action movies. Like it no, mm-hmm. it wasn't a thing that occurred to me before five years ago, I think. And then I was mm-hmm. like, and now I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch an action movie and like have fun. Mm-hmm. So the 10th one was coming out and I was just really curious about the, the franchise as a whole and how it's lasted so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I was like, you know what, let me just start it and see what happens. And I did. And also, it sort of coincided with a personal worry that I sort of wanted to take my mind off of. So Mm -hmm. it helped to be like, I have nine whole movies to watch, plus a (laughs) spinoff, plus the new one in theaters if I want to go see the Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it just came at a really good time, I think. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing about this franchise, and I think why it's lasted so long, partially, is because it does sort of reinvent itself after a couple movies. So Mm -hmm. that's why I think it's watching it might be a little conditional for you. Okay. But also, if you're like our friend Rachel, who's a completionist, (laughs) you might not want (laughs) to suffer through the first couple movies until it gets to the bigger heist plots and stuff like that ah okay yeah so (laughs) 
Okay. So the first movie is just called The Fast and the Furious, and it came out in 2001, (laughs) (laughs) which is so crazy to me. Like, that's just so long ago, and... Like, it looks like it's from 2001. Everyone's got, like, tiny little flip phones. (laughs) (laughs) Their T9 texting on (laughs) us. And all that stuff. So, it stars Paul Walker as Brian. And Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto. And basically, Brian comes in to this world of street racing. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot about cars, a lot of the car stuff kind of goes over my head. <laughs> I'm just like, ooh, car go fast. <laughs> ooh, cars lime green. I like it. <laughs> so a lot of that stuff I don't totally understand, but um, it is kind of fun to watch. So he comes into this world of street racing that's sort of dominated by Dominic Toretto. And Dominic has a family who is both blood family which includes his sister Mia, played by Jordana Brewster, but also friend family. You know, they're mm-hmm. just a very tight knit group of of peeps. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle Rodriguez plays Letty, who is his love interest, and Matt Scholes plays Vince. Jarul is in the first movie. He plays Edwin. Chad Lindbergh plays Jesse, who's like a mechanic. And I think there are a couple people, a couple other people around that form sort of his clique. But it's a lot about street racing. And then sort of about halfway through, you find out that Brian is actually an LAPD officer. And he's undercover to try to figure out if Dominic and his crew are behind this string of high-speed electronics truck robberies. Oh. (laughs) And it's kind of funny because, you know, the first scene of the movie is is one of the trucks that is about to get robbed, and it's full of, like, DVD players, (laughs) (laughs) which were really expensive in 2001. (laughs) And now it's just, like, you can get one for, like, 30 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's a little bit funny. In that way, it's kind of dated, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the I mean the plot is not very complicated. You know, Brian is trying to infiltrate the family and when they find out he's a cop, you know, they're very very upset. <laughs> but his his main job is to try to to figure out this crime spree. Mm-hmm. But the second movie continues in that vein. Mm-hmm. Well, the second and third movies actually The second movie has not a completely new cast, but almost all new. Mm -hmm. So Paul Walker is still in it as Brian, and he has gotten in trouble for what he did in the first movie, but the FBI brings him in because he knows a lot about cars for this other bust in Miami, I believe. And he enlists a former friend roman played by tyrese gibson and i think he he was a lot of fun i really liked his character and then eva mendez plays another agent who's undercover with this like crime boss and it's basically very similar there are a lot of fast cars they're trying to take down like i don't remember if he's running drugs or something like that but they're trying to take down 
a big criminal. It just takes place in Florida instead of California and with almost a new cast. So those are very in line. And then the third movie is called The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. And it actually has a whole new cast. And my friend Rachel got really mad at me because I skipped this movie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Because it has a whole new cast. and, And technically it takes place after number six. (laughs) oh okay so i was like okay i'll skip from two to four and watch five and six and then go back and watch it okay and i just haven't done that yet i finished six but i haven't gone back to watch tokyo drift (laughs) so i did have i did have a reason for it okay (laughs) (laughs) so those ones are very focused on racing and the world of racing Mm -hmm. and i think in all honesty they are the weakest movies Mm. and i think where it really gets good is number four okay okay the first movie is called the fast and the furious Uh and then movie four is just called fast and furious (laughs) that's so (laughs) stupid (laughs) i know (laughs) i think they didn't realize that it was going to be like a franchise at this point yet okay (laughs) or or they wanted to bring it back to movie one because the movie one cast comes back in number four okay yeah Yeah. but it is confusing yeah luckily like i have them all on on streaming Mm -hmm. that came with the dvd i bought and Mm -hmm. they have they all have a little number down in the lower right corner and i'm like thank you (laughs) nice that's good (laughs) Good. (laughs) because otherwise i would be very confused (laughs) (laughs) so four is where i actually really started to like these movies the first two were kind of like, okay, these are, you know, fun, but I don't know. I definitely don't think I would want to go back and watch the first one very much. Yeah. I might go back and watch two for Tyrese Gibson because he was a lot of fun. But four is where it really starts to gel for me. And I mm-hmm. think they also understood this because they brought back a lot of the people from the original cast. They brought back Vin Diesel, Jordana Brewster, and Michelle Rodriguez. So yeah, Dominic comes back. Brian is now working for the FBI in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And they try to take down a drug kingpin. But he's got a lot of bad blood with the Toretto family because of how he left them in movie one. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a lot more about the interpersonal relationships. And also the thing that I kind of really enjoyed not enjoyed because the character dies but letty is murdered in this movie which is why dominic comes back to la and she was murdered in like a forced vehicle crash and then her car caught on fire and she was shot in front of her car so this like clearly looks like a hit yeah and dominic comes back and wants to figure out who did it and matters ensue we do get some new cast members in this so gal Gadot joins the cast as giselle oh. sung kong joins it as han and i really liked him a lot and the plot of this is taking down a drug kingpin so there are some cool sequences where they like 
get transported on a train in their cars to Mexico and then like they have to get the cars off the moving train (laughs) and it's just like really like this is where the franchise starts to get really bananas (laughs) (laughs) and that's part of why I liked it so much I was like this stuff that they are doing is absolutely insane and it would get them killed in real life but it's so fun to watch on screen. <laughs> like, who takes a moving car off a moving train? No one. Oh, no, that's dangerous. <laughs> that is dangerous. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the movie where it really hits its stride. And that returns in Fast Five, which is the fifth movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. This movie is... A heist movie and mm-hmm. it is commonly known as the sort of transitional movie from just like racing cars and taking down some drug people to like mm-hmm. heists and different things like that mm-hmm. so this is the movie where we do get Dwayne Johnson <laughs> as Luke Hobbs so mm-hmm. he is a diplomatic security service agent and he's after the gang, of course, because they're always, like, on the run. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie actually takes place down in Rio de Janeiro. Because Dom, at the end of the fourth movie, gets taken to prison. And then he gets he gets busted out on the way to prison. He gets oh. taken out of his a transport bus by Mia and Brian and then they all go on the run to Rio de Janeiro and they meet up with Vince who is down there and they I can't remember actually the plot of this movie too well (laughs) but the thing that sticks out to me Mm -hmm. is again the craziness (laughs) (laughs) So actually, Luke Hobbs, Dwayne Johnson, gets Dominic to help him with taking down this drug kingpin. And he does it by showing Dom a picture of his former girlfriend, Letty, that was taken last week. And she's been presumed dead for like months or a year. Mm-hmm. So he's he's obviously very interested in that and figuring out what's going on. And they help Hobbs and the end sequence of this is them because <laughs> it's so insane they <laughs> take an entire bank vault out of a police station and drag it through the streets of rio de janeiro like it's <laughs> whatever you're picturing uh-huh. it's like 10 times more bananas than that <laughs> <laughs> and i <laughs> like i was messaging one of my friends during the whole thing and i was like oh my god they're taking the bit ba- they're just taking the whole bang ball <laughs> now they're dragging it through the streets like it's so insane and i absolutely have so much fun with it so. <laughs> and then the sixth movie is just called fast and furious six and this is the last one I've watched in total. I started watching seven, but I haven't finished it yet. And I will probably, I should probably watch Tokyo Drift before that. But <laughs> Fast and Furious 6, the, all the the crew, 
they have gotten immunity for the crimes that they've done in the past because of their help in the fifth movie and they're back in LA living a nice quiet life Brian and Mia have a very young son Jack now and Hobbs comes to visit them and he needs their help again tracking down another crew of thieves who also use fast cars (laughs) to steal (laughs) things in London and Mm -hmm. that crew is headed up by a guy named Shaw Mm -hmm. who is played by Luke Evans and he's got a crew that they there's a joke in the movie that the crew is exactly like them except like they've they've each got their roles like there's a big bruiser and (laughs) there's the ideas guy and there's the tech guy and all this stuff but Mm -hmm. they bring in all their friends so gal gadot is back as giselle Ludacris is he was in the first movie or sorry the second movie as tej and he's been in a couple since then and he's back roman is back so tyrese gibson and one of the intriguing character things is that Letty is actually working for Shaw and she is on his team and they find out that she doesn't remember anything except how to drive fast. (laughs) So she doesn't actually remember her life, but she remembers like her skills and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. which I don't know. I just, I kind of really like that character aspect of it and the arc of like, losing letty and trying to figure out who supposedly murdered her and then figuring out that and like when a character dies off screen you're like that character is probably coming back <laughs> and, <she does. laughs> and it's fun because now she has no memory and it's just like all this banana stuff and by this point like i really came to care about the characters oh my god mm-hmm. i've been talking about this for 20 minutes i apologize <laughs> I mean, every movie gets bigger and crazier in terms of the stunts. Mm -hmm. So this is the movie where they have like, there's a tank and (laughs) 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 there are helicopters in the final chase scene. Oh, and Dom jumps off a moving car to catch Michelle Rodriguez in midair And then he rolls them onto the roof of another car as they land. (laughs) And it's just like, this is absolutely bananas. But (laughs) it's so enjoyable in a way. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I'm totally enjoying this Mm -hmm. series. And I'm going to continue. I'm looking forward to all of, I think I've got... Three, seven, eight, nine, ten, plus a spinoff. So I've got like six movies left. I'm very excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> For you, if you're going to watch any of them, uh-huh. hmm, I think you would honestly have to commit to one and four. Okay. Because you need one for the backstory. Uh-huh. But then four, I think, is where it really sort of... Like, it leans into all the ridiculousness. Okay. And it also understands that, like, Dom and the family are a big draw for people. Mm -hmm. So it leans into more of the character stuff. Obviously, you're not going to get, like, a ton of character development because it's an action (laughs) film and there are, like, there are ensemble, ensemble films, too. Yeah. But it's where it sort of touches on the more poignant 
character things and Mm -hmm. stuff that happens to the characters. Um, So, yeah, if you're going to try any of them, I think you have to do one and four Mm -hmm. together. Not obviously at the same in the same night, but, um, (laughs) you know, I don't know. Did that convince you at all to try these movies? Because. Is I kind of all over the place. No, yeah. I don't know. I think I think the main. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. I'm not as big of a completionist as our friend Rachel, but I will. It takes a lot for me to like give up on either a film or a TV series or even a book series, and so the fact that there's so much, yeah. Like that's part of the intimidation factor for me. I do that's think fair. that when I see when I see previews for them, I'm I'm never mad and I'm like, oh, that looks fun. But <laughs> I feel like they also put the best bits in the trailers, so I could probably just watch all the trailers. Okay, I mean, if that's what you want to do, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah. It. I, I could see like trying the first one and seeing what I think of it. And yeah. 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 For sure. Okay. I will be back in two to four weeks to talk about the last six movies. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, what is the the total number of movies, including spinoffs? I think it's just 11. Just 11. Okay. Yeah. All right. There is, as we had talked about off air, there is a children's, there's a children's animated series called fast and furious spy kids or something like that okay but i think the adult feature length films i think there are 11 right now okay all right it's a lot it's a lot to that's a lot i'm about halfway through (laughs) okay we'll keep enjoying them they do sound fun and i'm glad you're having a good time yeah i mean don't take them seriously at all yeah yeah All right. I apologize for taking so much time. No. But you watched something very different that would not, I didn't even know about it and it would not be really be my first choice. So I'm interested in hearing all about it. Yes. I actually think you might enjoy this um, based on some of your more recent forays into horror movies and wanting something a little more mindless. This is pretty silly. (laughs) This is a horror comedy called You Might Be the Killer. And it is from 2018. And the funniest, I sort of dimly remembered this, but my husband reminded me of it as we were thinking about watching it, uh, is that it's based on a Twitter thread <laughs> from <laughs> 2017 between fantasy author Sam Sykes and like multi-genre author Chuck Wendig. They just had this little silly banter between them on Twitter in 2017 where one of them was like, hey, I'm in this cabin and I've got blood all over me and I don't know what's going on. And they like, they go back and forth and I think it was all improvised. And eventually one of them says to the other one, yeah, you might be the killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it was like tropes of slasher horror movies of the 70s and 80s, like Jason and Freddy and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so... That's they just adapted that into a movie. <laughs> it's well, okay. A couple of good things about it. It's really short. It's like I, I barely ninety minutes long, and it is really, <laughs> it is really funny. And okay. if you like horror movies that 
satirize the genre within it, like the Scream series and stuff, this would be right up your alley. So in, in the adaptation here, we have this guy, Sam, who is played by Fran Kranz. Um, he owns a summer camp and he's like the lead counselor. And he is running basically like the the training retreat for his fellow counselors before the kids come to camp for the summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're doing like team building exercises and bonding and like training and whatnot. And, but we, we kind of get some of that in flashback because it does open all of a sudden with Sam covered in blood and panicky. And he's like locking himself in one of the cabins and like barricading the door. And there's clearly somebody rummaging around outside and he's got a cell phone and he calls his friend Chuck, it's short for Charlotte, played by Allison Hannigan. And she works at like a gaming comic bookstore. And he is trying to like impress upon her the fact that I think all the other counselors have been murdered. There's a crazy person running around and I don't know what's going on. And Chuck is like, well, you need to call the police. And they make it clear that this place is very off the grid. Like the closest police is like a sheriff who goes to bed early. So there's like Sam has tried to call the police and it's not happening. So and Chuck is far enough away that she can't really just hop in a car and help. But also it's like if there is a killer running around he doesn't necessarily want to have her come. He just needs her help from a distance. So she's like at work and keeps doing her job as she walks him through what's possibly going on. <laughs> and pretty, and they kind of like cut back and forth with flashbacks to some of the other counselors, like leading up to their training and then some of them getting killed. And it becomes clear very early on to Chuck that Sam, you might be the killer. You are possessed by something. And he's having weird mental blackouts off and on. And so then he just is panic stricken. And a lot of it is told in these kind of meta flashback, like the film grain gets very late 70s looking and the the font is all, you know, very early horror movie. And it's actually like, I don't want to spoil too much because there's a lot revealed throughout the the plot, but a lot of it is you know, homages to other series, but also it has decent world building of like the mythology of what is attacking everybody. And, and it is pretty clear. It's not that Sam is just a crazy person himself. He has been possessed by something and they do a good job of fleshing out, you know, a plausible thing within this milieu of summer camp slasher movies. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I mean, it's not super complex and it's, I will say that Fran Kranz and Allison Hannigan, Hannigan are the best actors in the whole thing. Some of these rando camp counselors who are all not famous people at all are not the greatest <laughs> actors. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's like, okay. <laughs> it's fine. But the, there is the only other sort of running joke that's kind of funny is that one of them is named Steve, but they call him the Kayak King because he teaches like the boat things to the count to the campers that's so funny it's funny but he the kayak king but also steve is like they're not kayaks they're canoes and he gets really mad when they call him this and it's just kind of funny but but the other cute thing is that sam and chuck are named after sam sykes and chuck windig oh okay so but yeah it's just really it's really goofy it's like you have to have a lot of suspension of disbelief. You have to just go into it with like no expectations. And, um, but it was like 
just a random watch and I liked that it was very short. I liked that it was very, very funny. I like that it really satirizes this particular subgenre of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And the even though Sam and Chuck never interact in person and they're just on the phone with each other, you do get the feeling of them as being longtime best friends. And Chuck is really smart and like knows everything about everything. And she's approaching it not only like a legitimate, like you're living through the template of a horror movie but also she seems to know a lot about like weird occult stuff and like is kind of approaching it like she believes him from start to finish and is sympathetic and empathetic and wants to truly help him but it is kind of funny that she never once thinks about let me try to get some other police people or (laughs) go actually help you in person that she never does that yeah and th- she's in the middle of work and continues to help customers and <laughs> like interacts with customers as she's like okay are you covered in blood like what <laughs> All this, and it's like, oh my goodness this is so weird so yeah it's it's a fun little weird summer romp and you know really i think also pretty satisfying and it does kind of set itself up for a sequel but you also don't need it to be right. it's fine as itself and i just i just think it's hilarious that these two writers just did this little improvised twitter thread that it got adapted into this and i don't think they didn't write it it was written by Covis Burzoin, thomas p vitale and brett simmons but when and sykes got like story credit and they were executive producers on it so cool and this was directed by brett simmons but yeah, and mostly Frank Kranz, I am mostly familiar with from Cabin in the Woods and Dollhouse and some other like Whedon things and obviously Allison Hannigan from Buffy and whatnot. But yeah, they were just really, they were just really charming together and cute. And you get the sense of this strong friendship. And yeah, it's not, not very thinky, not, <laughs> not very thinky That's at all. Okay. I will, I will say though, too, that even though it is, I think, mostly a satire and a comedy as a horror movie, it still holds up and it is a little bit more bloody and gruesome than I thought it would be, except that it seems real fake. So okay. there were a couple a couple things where I was like, oh, that is really gross and I had to look away. But it was also like, well, okay, that doesn't look that realistic. So it's not like troublingly gruesome. I didn't okay. have the bad dreams or anything. So I might be okay. You would be fine. You would be totally fine. Just be aware that occasionally you might have to like avert your eyes, but it's, it's primarily a comedy, okay. I would say. Cool. So yeah, it's really fun. And I, I really do think this would be up your alley. Okay. For sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That sounds neat. Yeah. Where did you say it was available again? Well, that's the thing is that it came out in 2018. And I do think it went to th- theaters and like film festivals and stuff. But then I think it was on Shutter, and I don't have Shutter. We actually rented the DVD from the library. Oh. So Sweet. if you've got a good library system, you might be able to find it that way. But it's available, like if you want to commit to it, you can buy the DVD or Blu-ray super cheap. But yeah, I could not find that it's currently still streaming anywhere. Okay. But yeah, you can this is not the kind of thing where you absolutely need it to look great. So getting even just the regular DVD was fine so yeah okay sounds good yeah i will try to check it out cool great yeah i like that we both had sort of non-thinky movies yes yes this is not the kind of time of the year where you need high art or ponderous media (laughs) i think we just want to chill and be relaxed that's right (laughs) 
So yeah, that is not available streaming, but you can easily get the DVD. Where can you find all the Fast and the Furious movies right now? So they are not all streaming. <laughs> I rented the first one and then I actually just bought the whole collection because I was like, yeah, I'm I'm going to watch all these. <laughs> However, there are a select few streaming on Peacock, but I think it's like seven oh. and nine. <laughs> and- <laughs> so random. <laughs> Yeah, this is an old school week where you got to get physical media, yes. but that's okay. You know that's what? Okay. I'm more into physical media now because you never know when they're going to take something away. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time we'll be talking about more great pop culture stuff. So be sure to join us in two weeks. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com, and from there you can find the link to the merch store as well as our email at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.